spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we hear about some much-needed moisture for the Saskatchewan Grain Belt. The weather office tells us about the largest moisture which fell in the southwest to lesser amounts in the northern Grain Belt. We have a wide-ranging interview. We also have a look at the winter outlook from Terry Lang. We have farm reaction to the moisture, talking with the farmer at Tisdale and the provincial crops analyst in Moose Jaw. Agri-News also has an update on grain movement and the... This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Tim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Environment Canada says the weekend precipitation was widespread in this province, dumping the water equivalent of 5 to 30 millimeters of rain. That's up to over an inch. Meteorologist Terry Lang says the heaviest snow and rain was in the dry southwest corner. Well, quite a bit in the in terms of wet snow. Um, Regina didn't get as much as some of the other areas. They seemed to get sort of more rain and there was, the snow seemed to be wetter, so it didn't accumulate as much. Looks like from about 5 to 13 centimeters through the city. Total precipitation amounts, though, added up to 17 millimeters. The farther you go west, the more kind of piled up. Between Moose Jaw and Swift Current seem to be the hardest hit. We're getting reports of 30 to 40 centimeters of very wet, heavy snow. Um, and that's coming out uh, with because there's so much moisture in it. Those will melt down into some good um, rainfall amounts, I think. And the further west you go from there, then they, they kind of tapered off. Cypress Hills uh, came in with some snow as well. So farther north you went, not as much, uh, only in about the 5 to 8 centimeter range. So 5 to 8 centimeters in the north. What does the water equivalent work for the southwest grain belt? That's the driest part. Yeah, it's and it, because it is the wet, heavy snow, it should be adding up to some good amounts of moisture. It's so hard to to guesstimate just because the the snow depth from our sensors is saying about 22 centimeters uh, worth of snow, but I think it was higher at, at some points in time. So it should be the, the the rainfall amounts that we're getting, sort of the equivalents, are about in the. 15 to 30 millimeter range like Kindersley is saying that they got 30 millimeters worth of of, of water equivalent so that's quite a, a significant amount uh, of moisture especially because the ground isn't frozen yet so it should be absorbed into the ground so and the northern grain belt it had less 
It had much less, yeah. The uh, it was it seemed to be about uh, maybe about five to eight centimeters worth, and again that wet, heavy snow. It snowed a lot of the day, uh, but a lot of it melted on on impact, and it only seemed to accumulate overnight. So, and I think it'll be gone pretty quick. And the water equivalent of the northern grain belt, five to eight centimeters. But it came out to about, you know, five to ten millimeters of rain, uh, about. So, I mean, better than nothing, but still, you know, I know more is needed. Tell me about the outlook. What's the outlook this week and beyond? Well, it does look like it'll be warming up. We have a big Mackenzie low starting to set up towards the end of the week. And what happens is that brings in some really mild southwesterly winds. And those are Chinook winds. Um, and we know those are snow-eating winds. So I think much of the snow will melt. And again, a good, a good thing just because the ground is not frozen yet. So the ground should be able to absorb it. And when do we get our next precipitation? When are we going to get some snow? Hard to tell at this point, but it does uh, look like we might see something coming through for the spooks on Halloween. And the outlook for the winter? I realize it's a bit of a, a, a difficult call. <laughs> it is, especially when it's sort of all over the map. Um, we are expecting another La Nina event, and this will be the third in a row. So there, people are calling it uh, the triple dip. That's below average uh, sea surface temperatures off the coast of South America, which what that does is it offsets our jet stream. So in general, the winter is forecast to be colder than average and wetter than average. But we'll see how that kind of plays out. We often see the effects of that later on in the winter, sort of your January, February, as opposed to, you know, the early December or, or stuff like that. So November is still forecast to be above average. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The president of APAS welcomes widespread weekend moisture in the Saskatchewan Grain Belt. Ian Boxall of Tisdale says farmland has been extremely dry this fall across much of the province. No, I think any amount of moisture at this time of year is great. And the forecast actually looks good for this maybe to dry up and, and producers still be able to get out and do some fall work. And this moisture will just make that even, it even do a little bit better job. So I think it's thankful we got it. And I, you know, I think it's needed province-wide. You're up in the northern part of the grain belt. Uh, how much moisture did you get? Regina had snow, I'd say several inches of snow on Sunday. How much you get? Both the same, a couple inches of snow, uh, not, no real rain prior to the snow, but yeah, a couple inches of snow this morning on the ground, and it'll melt and get, a, get absorbed in, and, and we're happy for it, that's for sure. Did you say you still expect farmers to do some field work? I, I asked that knowing the Department of Agriculture said you can still seed grass for forage if you want to do that this fall. Well, I think the forecast, you know, they're showing some plus 10, and this snow that we have will melt, and because we're so dry, I think there will be an opportunity that farmers can get back in the field if they need to and do a little bit more fall work yet. Are you surprised the fall rye and winter wheat seeding was down this fall because of obviously dry conditions? No, I think probably because of dry conditions, and, and, and I have to apologize. I haven't followed those markets, but, you know, spring-planted crop markets are very strong looking at next year, and that might also be part of why. What do you expect to be planted next spring, given uh, so, so, well, the little added soil moisture we just got and also uh, markets? What, what are your thoughts? 
I don't think we'll see a great a great deal of change. I think we'll, you know, I think we'll see some, may potentially see some wheat acres increase with what's going on in the world and the, and the wheat market we're seeing for fall. And, and then I predict the rest of the stuff to be kind of staying where it's at, you know, as far as acres and things to be kind of status quo. You know, part of the reason maybe for the fall planted crops being down is could be the cost of fertilizer, could be the cost of diesel fuel right now, and maybe people are willing to take that risk and hoping it's a little bit like, you know, a little bit, Last price comes spring. Ian Boxall of Tisdale is the president of APAS, the province's general farm group. The province's crop extension specialist says widespread weekend precipitation will help relieve very dry soil moisture. The province received widespread snowfall with some estimates ranging between 2 to 5 inches. Provincial crops extension specialist Matt Struthers calls it very beneficial. It's great to see the snow, and I know I know there was a bit of uh, rain before that snow came down. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit, just a little bit more rain, but of course we'll take every drop that we can get. And and the snow is is nice and heavy and uh, heavy and wet down here in Moose Jaw, and I know all the way to Swift Current it's the same thing. So I don't know how much water equivalent it is, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly thick out there, and it's certainly heavy. One report I had was 20 millimeters of precipitation, which works out close to an inch, you know, uh, eight-tenths of an inch, and a couple inches of snow, and you're saying it did hit the dry southwest? It, it certainly did, yeah. You know, I was in uh, Regina on Sunday, and I had to drive back to Moose Jaw, and it was, it was pretty slow going on the highways, and I know that the highways closed all the way to Swift Current, and we've been getting reports of snow all the way down, uh, you know, south of Swift Current as well. So it's really nice to hear that the driest parts of the province are, are getting hit with some precipitation now, and, and I know producers uh, would, like, would like to see it continue, and hopefully we'll get some warm days here and, and let that snow melt into the ground. What are your thoughts on it for spring seeding? You know, it's it's the first snow of many, of course, as we go into winter. If, like I said, if we get those warm days and the, that moisture is able to get into the ground before the ground freezes, uh, that'll be a, a, a huge improvement over what we saw last year going into uh, going into the winter and, and coming out into the spring. So hopefully we can get some moisture into the ground, uh, then it can freeze, and then we can start off our spring down here a little bit better than we did last year, or this year, sorry. Your final crop report of the season last Thursday talked about there hadn't been hardly any rainfall in the Saskatchewan Grain Belt in two months. Yeah, you know, it hadn't it hadn't really rained, especially down here, but also the the rest of the province about halfway through, uh, or the second since the second half of of August. So, uh, really good to see that it finally can snow or you know rain a little bit and then even snow. Um, and and the nicest thing uh, that about this snowstorm that I heard is that it's really widespread. You know, all the way down here in the south, all the way up and towards Tisdale, uh, and so it's really nice to see that Saskatchewan can still get a nice widespread precipitation event. Matt Struthers is the crops extension specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in... Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Okay, joining me now is Tyler Fulton. He's the officer at large with the Canadian Cattle Association. I got it right. I'm super proud of myself. And we are going to talk about methane emissions and methane goals uh, for reducing emissions, but perhaps not in the most absolute sense. So, Tyler, 
Bring us up to speed on sort of where the Canadian Cattle Association, or, or sorry, industry really, where have they been on working on the emissions problem to date? Yeah, so thanks for the opportunity here, Lindsay. Um, I, I'll say uh, we're, we're kind of talking about this because of uh, Canada's um, methane strategy that was outlined, you know, about a month ago, I think. And, uh, and so it wasn't, um, I guess a shocker for the, for the beef industry to, uh, to be, you know, working on, on methane related emissions. Um, because we've been doing it for decades, really. Um, while it maybe hasn't been like the core rationale behind a lot of the research and, and work that's gone into things. Um, it, it is, um, related, directly related to, you know, things like reproductive efficiency and, and feed efficiency. So, um, with when, you know, when looking at, uh, the federal government's, uh, goal to reduce agricultural emissions by an absolute level of 1% from 2020 levels, um, we think that we're very well positioned as a beef industry because of the, you know, the huge amount of collaborative work across the industry that we've done over the course of the last number of years. Mm, now, so, but this brings up an important point. Um, and so just to catch everyone up, the, the government's, well, and it came through ECCC, so Environment and Climate Change Canada, the strategy is called Faster and Further Canada's Methane uh, Strategy. Um, the 1% reduction over 2020 levels. I mean, it doesn't, on the grand scheme of things, it seems like, hey, that's that's not a lot. Um, we've already got really great things going on. But it does bring up one of the issues that has also come up in looking at emissions from fertilizer on the crop side is that it's an absolute. It's a 1% of total emissions. It's not in line with any sort of productivity factor. So... Is that okay with, or or is that something that the cattle industry would like to see changed? Would it? Would you prefer an emissions that goes along with the you know per pound or per animal or per head? Yeah, yeah. So what you what you're bringing up is that question of um, can can we look at intensity of greenhouse gas emissions versus absolute levels and um we think uh, in the beef industry thinks that um that it only makes sense to really look at um the intensity aspect of it let me lay it out to you this way if um we know that the canadian beef industry has a greenhouse gas footprint that is you know roughly half the global average and so um really the the best place in our view to you know to produce beef for the world is here in Canada now if we put on an absolute reduction of methane emissions um then it it makes it more difficult for us to grow the industry um even if we are seeing reductions in in the emissions in the intensity of emissions per unit of of production, um, which is a little backwards because you know that you know it, we we are we're seeing success on on managing those emissions and and uh, and seeing reductions, but if we're handcuffed by the fact that there's an absolute threshold that we cannot go above um, and effectively um, replace 
you know, more higher emission beef elsewhere in the world, then it, it seems a little backwards. It's not it's not doing the best that it can do for the environment and, and for that matter, uh, for the for Canada's economy. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Cloudy today, 30% chance of light snow. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The temperature steady near minus 1. 30% chance of flurries overnight. The low minus 5. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries. Wind northwest 20. The high Tuesday minus 1. The low minus 7. Sunny on Wednesday with a high of 0. The low minus 5. Thursday, sunny with a high plus 2. The low minus 1. Friday, sunny with a high of plus 6, the low 0. Saturday, sunny with a high of 12 degrees, the low minus 1. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 11 degrees. Normal high for this date is 7, the normal low minus 5. The sun rose at 7.36 this morning. It sets at 5.50 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Wasika at plus 2. The cold spot right now, swift current at minus 4. Estevan is minus one, Saskatoon zero, Swift Current minus four, Weyburn minus one, Yorkton is minus two. Regina is cloudy, really overcast, and minus one, that's 30 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest, 44, gusting to 55. Humidity is 89%, the barometric pressure dropping, 100.7. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus one, winds are from the northwest at 28, gusting to 40. Once again, Regina, cloudy and minus one, that's 30 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Both railways improved the car fulfillment rates in grain shipping week number 10, which ran from October 3rd through the 9th. CN met 86% of car orders from shippers in week 10, just slightly lower than the previous week, but behind the 90% plus numbers during its first few weeks of the crop year. CP Rail was 85% in shipping week 10 and an improvement from the 74% the previous week in the mid-60s for weeks 7 and 8. The Ag Transport Coalition monitors railway performance in moving grain on behalf of shipping companies and some producer groups. Milt Poirier with QGI Consulting does all of the number crunching for the Ag Transport Coalition. His upcoming comments come from the Grain by Train podcast produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. Starting off with CN, its best performance was in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is the province that's seeing, for the last couple of weeks anyway, the, the steadiest performance out of CN and the best performance out of CN. 
out of all the provinces, you know, 92% order fulfillment in back-to-back weeks, uh, which is pretty good and better than what we've seen in Alberta and Manitoba. So Saskatchewan is happier than the other two, but overall, I think a little bit uh, more volatility than shippers would want to see. Poirier notes while CP Rail met 85% of car orders in week 10, there remains plenty of variability in the system. We had a few weeks where a few shippers were seeing very poor performance. And then over the last couple of weeks, those shippers have seen performance improve and other shippers have seen performance go down. You know, so to use a a crude term, if you will, it's like a game of whack-a-mole that's going on. Uh, This week you get good performance. Next week it's somebody else's turn, which is not great. And one of the things we know is that the top line doesn't tell us everything. So even though CP is at 85% this week, They've got some customers that are below 50%. So top line number doesn't tell the story for everybody and people need to remember that. Another statistic being monitored is rail car demand. Poirier says it has been lower than expected for CN so far this year. The numbers right now are showing us about 5,300 or 5,400 cars a week. So maybe, you know, six to 7% higher. But, you know, if we look at the past years, History would tell us, and particularly if we look at 2020, 2021, which was the record year a couple of years ago, you know, the demand for CN was quite a bit higher. So to me, it seems low and probably below the peak that we're going to see. It could just be a function of where demand is coming into the system at what time. But I think generally speaking, I would expect to see that demand number for CN work its way closer to 6,000 cars a week than 5,000 as we head towards November. So that's one thing to keep an eye on, and particularly from the perspective of they're doing okay in the mid-80s at 5,000 cars a week. If you add 20% or so of demand on top of that, the question is, what's that going to do to performance? Poirier also talks about rail car demand for CP rail. You know, the demand picture for CP is always tough because of the way they run their DT program. So if we look at week 11 right now, the numbers look a little bit ridiculous. CP has about 8,200 orders on the books. And that really is a reflection, not just of new demand, but the fact that shippers uh, have been rolling dedicated train orders forward uh, into future weeks. And right now, a bunch of them sit in week 11. Now, when we get to week 11, is that number going to be 8,200? No, it's, it's very likely not going to be. We've seen this pattern before, but 8,200 is a high number to start at. So even if shippers were going to say, well, we're going to roll or cancel 1,500 orders in week 11, that's still going to leave CP looking at 6,500, which would be the second biggest number they've seen this year. And the last time they saw a number like that, performance wasn't great. Uh, so a little bit of concern there, but... You know, like CN, uh, we don't think that CP has seen the peak. Milt Poyer with QGI Consulting. More on grain transportation after. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CARM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com We're back with Milt Poirier of QGI Consulting, who compiles stats on railway performance for the Ag Transport Coalition, whose members are grain companies and farm groups. Poirier says the railways are rationing car orders. 
consoling, whatever term you want to use, has been a pattern with CN for years now. And we're seeing it again this year. There wasn't much of it last year, but that was as much as anything driven by the lower demand as a result of the drought. They've now rationed orders for three straight weeks. I think they've rationed over a thousand orders in total over those three weeks. You know, the insight that we have looking forward, it looks like that's going to continue into week 11. And it's kind of settling into a pattern. CP, though, is the interesting one. CP has not historically rationed or canceled orders on shippers. Very few and very infrequently. Although this year, that has changed. They, I think, have rationed more orders than CN already through the first 10 weeks of this year. I think they're just under 1,200. In part, as we understand it, in discussions with shippers, it's related to how CP has made changes to their DT program. We're not going to talk at any great length about that, just to make sure we don't you know, infringe on confidentialities. But from what we understand, that change is resulting in order cancellations to some extent. And as for the impact of car rationing, we have this comment. When the railways are rationing orders or they're pushing orders out to future weeks, shippers are not getting the cars at the stations that they want when they want them. And lest anybody think otherwise, there actually is a strategy behind ordering cars at certain stations in certain weeks. That's because they're targeting specific vessels that are coming for specific grains uh, at certain times. So when the orders are not being served in the sequence and in the time frame that they need to be, what you end up with is grain arriving at the export terminals out of sequence, which then has a ripple effect into vessel scheduling which then results in vessels either sitting at anchorage for too long or having to berth multiple times as grain arrives. You know, we don't at this time measure the supply chain from front to back, but if we did, uh, you would be able to see that uh, pretty clearly because uh, the one thing we do know is that grain shipped out of the country has a specific destination within a specific time frame. But in order to be able to see that, you know, and quantify it, we, we we would need to expand our measurement base. Milt Poyer is with QGI Consulting. He works for the Ag Transport Coalition, which consists of grain companies and producer organizations. His comments come from the Grain by Train podcast, which is produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. The Market Updates with Jim Smaram. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 10 cents at 862.82. Number one red spring wheat gained 5 cents at 422.10, so not a lot of movement. The rest were all unchanged this morning. Durham 491.52. Feed barley $367.87 per metric ton. 
Chickpeas, $925.95. Flax, $752.98. Oats, $275.32. Yellow peas, $459.89 per metric ton. And feed wheat, $289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell nine and a half cents at $9.52 a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes for today. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the Mark Board direct from Heartland and Swift Card. We had 7,500 cattle on offer last week. Cows sold steady. Good calves sold steady to five higher toward the end of the week. The fall run is on. We're having 12,000 cattle every eight days. D1 and 2 cows, $1.10. D3 cows, 75 to 85. Good bulls, $1.25, $1.45.5. $1. Medium bulls, 90 to $1.10. Steers, 3 to 400 pound steer calves, 225 to 266.5. 4 to 500 pounds, $3 to $325. 750. Good day and good marketing. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both Sig 4 and BP4. This is both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. For today's quotes, it's $230.41 per CKG. Regina Cloudy and minus one, that's 30 Fahrenheit. Winds north-northwest 44, gusting to 55. Cloudy and minus one in Moose Jaw. Winds northwest 28, gusting to 40. Coming up, the resort. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Across Europe, soaring inflation is behind a wave of protests and strikes that underscores growing discontent with the spiraling cost of living and threatens to unleash political turmoil. With British Prime Minister Liz Truss forced to resign less than two months into the job after her economic plan sparked chaos in financial markets and further bruised an ailing economy, the risk to political leaders became clear as people demand action. A risk consultancy says the fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine has sharply raised the risk of civil unrest in Europe. The war has led to higher energy bills and food prices. 
This morning, stocks shook off an early bout of unsettled trading and marched higher ahead of a heavy week of earnings from big tech companies. Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook parent company Meta are all reporting their latest results this week, as are Coca-Cola and General Motors. The Nasdaq and the Dow Jones Industrial Average also rose. Markets in Europe gained ground and UK government bonds rallied as Treasury Chief Rishi Sunak became assured of becoming the Prime Minister, replacing Liz Truss, who quit last week after her tax-cutting economic package caused turmoil in financial markets. On the markets, the TSX is up 22 points to 18,883. The Dow has risen 339 points to 31,421. Oil is down 48 cents at 84.57 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 72.90 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A, 620 CK.